At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm along with Amal Shaw. The Tuesday, just 12 days before the Super Bowl, I'm all, and it will be a long 12 days. But let's talk about coaching <laughs> news here in Las Vegas. Off the top, Josh McDaniels is the new Raiders coach, hired in tandem with Dave Ziegler, also a friend of the Patriots, to come and be the GM here with the Raiders. Your thoughts? Another recycled coach from the Belichick era. We'll find out how he works out. I think the cheeseburger didn't work out too well. I don't think Romeo Cornell did too well. How did Bill O'Brien do? He traded away DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of practice balls. Houston's turned out to be a very good program. Looking forward to it as a Raider uh, supporter. Did you think they should have stayed with Rich Bisaccia? Well, look, I, I don't know uh, enough to really comment mm. on that accurately. I think people within the organization would have a better assessment. Mm. Uh, the one thing I don't generally necessarily go based on the players' opinions, because anytime you're working with somebody in close quarters, you're going to have an affinity for them. And I think that's what it was coming from the players sounding off, saying that he should be the coach. Um, you know, they made a move with Mike Mayock, and then I was a little bit surprised that they went out and got uh, Josh McDaniels because at the end of the day, the one thing I've always pointed to in New England, everybody that leaves there, unless they're bringing Tom Brady with you, it really doesn't seem to matter. Yeah, McDaniels has had two opportunities to be a head coach previously. He took the one with Denver and actually followed through on it, going 11-17 in, in uh, two seasons, 2009-2010, and then, remember, hired to be the Colts head coach and then backed out. He said in the news conference yesterday when he took the Broncos job, he wasn't ready. Well, that's fine. So is he ready now? Uh, that's the implication. <laughs> I get that. I want to see if he's ready. We'll find out. You know what? I'm actually surprised he took this job for the following reason, because you look at this Chargers team. They've got a young stud at quarterback, and Justin Herbert is not going anywhere for a decade. You've got Patrick Mahomes. There's been a four consecutive AFC championship games. This is going to be consistently one of the toughest divisions in the NFL. Denver's not that far away from being a competitive and potential playoff team. Uh, the NFC West is probably the toughest division at this point in time right now, but I think the AFC West can be looked at as second or third AFC North as well. Uh, but I think there's a real opportunity in some other places, maybe before here. Of all the jobs that were open, mm -hmm. does this one come with the best quarterback? Uh Probably. I'm, I'm trying to think of all the openings right now. Miami, Chicago, Minnesota, Minnesota yeah. Jacksonville. Yeah, I would have to argue that that's correct. But don't you think Derek Carr's got a bit of a limited ceiling? It's not like you're walking into Aaron Rodgers or something. Well, obviously, I mean, are they coming in here as a coach uh, GM tandem with Ziegler and McDaniels trying to build the next five years around Derek Carr? Do you think Derek Carr 
was one year left on his contract is a, is a one and done under the McDaniels era? It's a good question, and it depends on what's available in free agency. Depending on what's available in the draft as well will play a factor in terms of how he sees things moving forward. Anybody you're high on in the draft in the quarterback class? You know, I like Kenny Pickett. I know a lot of people don't. They don't like a lot of quarterbacks in this class, but I think he's accurate. He's got good mobility. Um, accuracy, to me, is the singular most important thing. And that's so vital if you're going to have a successful quarterback. And then mobility these days is so key. Look at these last three AFC teams we saw play. Buffalo, Josh Allen, his ability with the football, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and then, of course, Joe Burrow leading his team to a Super Bowl. Yeah, is this is this a decision by McDaniels choosing Carr over Mac Jones and not, not staying in New England? No, I think he kind of thought maybe this is a good time to leave, depending on when you look at the Patriots roster, where they are from a free agency standpoint, how much better is the offense truly going to get under him? Uh, as the offensive coordinator, now is probably the time to make a move because the one thing in coaching circles is a lot of times it's about just are you hot at the right time? And Mac Jones had a great year, but does Mac Jones have a bit of a limited ceiling is the question mark? Can the Patriots actually develop a receiver at some point in time in the next two decades? Um, You know, that's a big question mark and concern. When you look at the Raiders offensively, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, um, obviously Darren Waller, Zay Jones, and uh, the kid out of Clemson, I'm drawing a blank on his name, uh, slot receiver. In Renfro, Renfro. Yeah. Hunter Renfro. Yeah. In, in other NFL news, not really related to the Super Bowl, Tom Brady made it official. He is retiring today. Where is Tom Brady's place in NFL history? Is this a serious question? Hey, it's a very serious question. <laughs> it must be the same people who bring up that LeBron Jordan debate. No, no. Come on. You Do you think that LeBron is cl- closer to Jordan than Montana is to Brady? Uh, I do not. I think Montana is probably closer to Brady than LeBron is to Jordan. Uh, But in terms of Tom Brady, to me, everyone's going to point to the fact that, you know, okay, he's going to say he's the GOAT. I think there's a plethora of quarterbacks you can choose, and I don't think there's a wrong answer. But I thought the greatest quality Tom Brady had was just his leadership to kind of will his teams. When you look at outside of Randy Moss in that 2007 season, who do you point to in Foxborough that they've had as been a consistent wide receiver? I mean, is Troy Brown second on that list? Think about that for a minute. They have not had a ton of great players on the outside. They've always kind of done it with him. He helped this team immensely by taking 12, 13, 14 million dollars. Don't get me wrong, it's a ton of money. When he could have been taking 20, 22, 23, 4, 5 million dollars, destroying their salary cap, inability to sign defensive players to be consistent. I mean, what is this? 10 Super Bowl appearances, seven Super Bowl wins. I think the accolades and the numbers speak for themselves. Well, we, we looked at uh, Mahomes, who is appearing in his fourth straight conference championship yeah. game, right, and had thrown so many touchdowns, seven. I mean, what what did Brady had 14 conference championship games and 22? Yeah. Think about that. Even, the, even in the years they didn't get there, they were in the final four most times. Yeah. Uh, listen, I think Brady's had an amazing yeah. com- career with a tremendous defensive coach in Bill Belichick. They also benefited from the fact that the AFC East has been Hard for outside a couple of seasons with the Jets uh, for most of two decades. But you got to give them a ton of credit. Uh, they always seem to win. I thought when you look back at the Indianapolis Colts, they had several failures. They had some opportunities to get past this New England team. Couldn't do it. But I thought the mark of Brady really was solidified when he went to Tampa. Right, Like he was great in New England. But to go there, take that bag of donuts, and turn it into a Super, Super Bowl winner was impressive. Speaking about quarterback accomplishments through history, no quarterback has ever won... The Heisman, the national championship, and a Super Bowl. Burrow's got a Joe shot. Burrow has a shot to do it a week from Sunday. Give you a quick trivia question while <laughs> we're speaking about that. Players to win a Heisman, a national championship, and a Super Bowl. Players. Mm-hmm. Mm. Four of them. Mm. All offensive? 
Uh, one's defense. One defense. All right, let's come back to it. Yeah. Give me some time to no ruminate problem. while you're answering my questions. Uh, speaking of which, uh, the line has moved already in the Super Bowl. Uh, four yesterday, now four and a half. How far can this line go in favor of the Rams? Well, let's be real here. The four and a half, I, I'm actually surprised it got to four and a half. Somebody was asking me about this. I didn't think it would go there, but I think a lot of people have the same sentiments I do in this one, which is Cincinnati, to all their credit for getting here, but they haven't faced a defense even comparable to what they're going to see out of the Rams. We saw the Titans abuse them with nine sacks, mm-hmm. and you mentioned it probably 11 more accurately. Uh, this Rams team, I think, should have a field day against that Cincinnati offensive line. I think the Rams, they face their biggest challenges in Tampa and San Francisco. I think Matthew Stafford culminates the season. I'm going to say something. I had the Rams to win, obviously, to win the NFC. But Matthew Stafford is a very good quarterback. Probably didn't play as well this year as I thought he would play. But they still got to where they wanted to go, and they got a chance to polish it off with a Super Bowl ring. And all the risk and all the chances they took are going to pay off. And if you're looking at it from one of the other 31 teams' perspective outside of you know Kansas City, Cincinnati, and, and the Chargers who've got franchise quarterbacks among other teams, you're going to sit there and say, hey, if we can acquire a quarterback of this caliber or higher, we're going to take a shot. If you're in the offseason now, you're figuring out a way. Do we go get Rodgers? Do we go get Russell Wilson? Because the difference is a singular player. We saw it with Tom Brady last year. We've seen it with Matthew Stafford this year. And I, this was my whole point about San Francisco. The difference at quarterback is the difference between being a Super Bowl champion and being somebody who's like everybody else and watching on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, I would agree with you, but I still believe the San Francisco defense had an opportunity to step up and win that NFC championship game, right? I don't, I don't disagree. I don't know. How, how much different is Garoppolo than Trent Dilfer? You're talking about 2000. I'm just saying, no, no, you, you have on. to be that good as a defense to carry a team. I don't disagree, but hold on a second. That defense mm-hmm. is historically great. I know people in Chicago don't want to hear this, but that defense no. is better than the 85 Bears. Well, they were. The 85 Bears gave up 30 points three times. People don't yeah, talk the 85 about that. Bear, 85 Bears in the, in the playoffs gave up, what, nine point, 10 points? Yeah, it was also 40 below with the wind coming off Lake Michigan. Hey, if she's on my fault, Sean Landetta doesn't know not to punt the ball into the air. What we never got to see was Marino, who was the only team to beat him, who was supposed to play him again in the Super Bowl, and New England pulled that upset in the, in the torrential rainstorm in the Orange Bowl, or we would have got to see that rematch in the Super Bowl. An incredible linebacking core. All right, let's talk about how to attack the game, the Super Bowl itself. From an MVP perspective, we know quarterbacks uh, win this award predominantly. Are you better off, if you like the Rams, taking Matthew Stafford for Super Bowl MVP at minus 105 than laying four and a half or minus 190 on the money line? Not as much of a slam dunk as it would be with certain other teams like Kansas City. Uh, I think Cooper Cup is a guy that could potentially win the MVP. How about it? how about your guy, Aaron Donald? Could he, he wreak havoc in this game? Could he? I mean, that's a when you have point. a player think of that about quality. It. Calvary, yeah. Yes, you, you brought up an excellent point, and we've seen it, right? Bob Miller in, mm-hmm. in the uh, Super Bowl with the Broncos won MVP. Uh, Aaron Donald definitely is a guy you can make a case for. I think for Cincinnati, if you like the Bengals, it's Joe Burrow all day. What's what are the Bengals on the money line? I think plus one sixty, or you get plus Bur- two twenty with Burrow. Yeah, you got to take Burrow there. <laughs> Look, the reality of it is, they're they're not going to give the award to Jamar Chase. Okay, nope. It's going to be Joe Burrow, and the bottom line is, but could they give it to Cooper Cup instead of Matthew Stafford? Yes, <laughs> that's a possibility. Absolutely. By the way, going down the list, uh, Cup plus six fifty, Aaron Donald actually the fourth choice. Yeah. At eighteen to one, OBJ twenty to one, and Chase twenty to one. Cam Akers thirty-five to one, Joe Mixon thirty-five to one. No, I, I think Cincinnati's Joe Burrow. I think uh, the Rams actually have three options. I like the long shot of Aaron Donald at sixteen to one. You know, he's the only guy at the defensive tackle, nose tackle position where you look at and say, "Hey, he could, he could get two or three sacks." Now, Burrow's not the easiest guy to bring down. He's got good mobility, a little bit underrated in that category, and he doesn't fumble. 
The guy oh, just really doesn't does fumble the ball. He takes all these hits, and he doesn't fumble the ball. Well, you know, I'm glad Joe didn't retire because remember he talked about having little hands during the draft assessment process. He thought about retiring, but I think he made the right decision. He, he might have. We'll he see might. how. We'll see how it. We'll see how it plays out. Um, better upside as a franchise uh, in the AFC moving forward: the Bills or the Chiefs? Uh, ooh, great question. <laughs> that is a great question. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills, and the reason is because you've got to pay Kelsey and Hill. Kelsey's getting paid right now, but uh, you got too many weapons, whereas with Buffalo, it seems like even though Diggs is a big-time player, they don't have as many big-time players so you can keep that uh, unit together. I'm all at Super Tuesday. You know what that means. College, College basketball <laughs> for the next two segments. That's next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and available. Them all in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, and your personal favorite citrus. I want the other seven. I'm begging you, Zen, send us the other seven <laughs> flavors. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to Zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's Zen.com slash find. Warning. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back in. It's Odds On. Mike Palm here with them all, Shaw, on a Tuesday from the Circus Studios here in downtown Las Vegas. And it's Super Tuesday in college basketball, Amal, so let's get right into it. Big matchup in the Big 12. A lot of the ESPN hosts and guests are on this game. That's why I chose not to be. Go ahead. Great call by last night by you on TCU. Never a sweat at the Lloyd Noble Center. I didn't even know if Oklahoma was the home team last nah. night. The Horn Frogs went in, <laughs> went into Lloyd Noble and said later Sooners. <laughs> that was right. over. It was over. It was great call. Um, you were right about the total though too. Total over as well in that game. Um, the rematch in Hilton between Kansas and Iowa State. Kansas comes in ranked tenth. The Cyclones ranked. 20th. This game will be at 4 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. Kansas 17 and 3 and sitting atop the Big 12 right now. 6 and 1. Iowa State 16 and 5 and 3 and 5 in league play. Remember them all. 
They met on January 12th at the Fog. Kansas was a 13-point favorite, and they held off a late charge by the Cyclones, 62-61. to Agbaji had 22 for the Jayhawks in that game. Cyclones come in having won two straight, including a rout of Missouri at Hilton on Saturday in the Big 12 SEC Challenge. This line, Amal, four and a half in favor of the Jayhawks on the overnight. Cyclone money rolling in. It's down to two and a half with a total also down two and a half points to 136. Yeah, not surprised to see the money coming in on the Cyclones simply because they're at home here. This is one of those games where Hilton Magic comes into play sometimes. But if you are Kansas, you got to slow down Isaiah Brockington. I think they've got a great chance. The last game, the problem with for KU in that tight game against Iowa State was they had 16 turnovers. Turn the ball over that much on the road, you're going to come out with an L. Mike, I actually like Kansas to bounce back. They had an embarrassing loss at home against Kentucky on Saturday. I think they play better in this game. If you can slow down Brockington and Caleb Grill from the perimeter, they're two best three-point shooters. I think KU's got a great chance. This is where I think Kansas and David McCormick gets better for credit for being better than he probably is because he can dominate some weaker opponents inside the post, and this is a perfect example of it. I like Kansas and Igbaji to bounce back here and get the win. You know I'm not a fan of this Kansas team. I, I don't disagree but with I you. But I think this is a good spot in Ames tonight. I do, too. Especially with this line dropping down to two. And if this thing hits two, I'm probably going to lay the two. This is a spot. Here's the great thing about Saturday. It was a reality check for Kansas, and they didn't have to suffer a Big 12 loss. It's a great point. Right? I think it all sets up for them. The world now is on Iowa State. Kansas is no good. The line's artificially low. And I'm telling you, if it gets to two, I'll lay the two. What's the decent consensus on this one? Oh, everybody's on Iowa State here. But they were on the overnight at four and a half. Well, the so, four and a half is a, a, four and a, half's a, a different big number. Four and Absolutely, a half, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's uh, shift to the number one team in the country, Auburn, who will be hosting their in-state rivals, Alabama. This game follows uh, KU Iowa State at 6 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, Alabama with the huge victory on Saturday over Baylor in Tuscaloosa, 87-78. Auburn routed Oklahoma at home, 86-68, also in the SEC um, Big 12 Challenge. They played this game on January 11th. Amal in Tuscaloosa, Alabama at that time was a three-point favorite. Auburn blew a 14-point second-half lead, but re-rallied to beat the Tide 81-77. Auburn, seven on the overnight, down to six with a total of 156. Yeah, I like Auburn here at home. I think a couple of factors for me. Now, this is a nine-point swing from home and away, which is generally larger than the norm, which is somewhere between six to eight points. Mike, the problem I have with Alabama in this game is in the first matchup, they were plus 10 in terms of makes at the free throw line, 24 for 29. Auburn goes 14 for 22. I don't know if you're going to get that much of a march to the free throw line down on the plains tonight. And I think you and I have talked about this, the way that crowd is in a mm. rivalry game with the number one team in the country. Boy, this is going to be a tough one. And Nate Oaks, uh, Nate Oates' team is too reliant on the perimeter. And if you're not shooting the ball well, and now you come in, you shoot the ball well, you can pull off the upset. But if you don't, I think you get blown out here. I think this is a game where Bruce Pearl's team really establishes themselves. I like Auburn to win this game comfortably. I really think they run away and hide in this game. You mentioned Bruce Pearl. Auburn made him their coach for life, extending him eight more years. Yeah, well, listen, uh, he's a guy that I, I don't have any qualms about extending. I think he brings an energy and an enthusiasm in the recruiting space that allows them to get a lot of players. They've done a tremendously good job of getting recruits to come down there. You know, when you think of Auburn, obviously you think of football. You don't think of basketball. you got to go back to Cliff Ellis and uh, Porter and company when they were good last time around. But this team, they're looking at being a number one seed, but number one overall in the tournament at this point in time. And in, in a decade or less, Auburn will be known as a basketball school. And the number one person responsible for that, Brian Harson. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Out in the West Texas town of Lubbock, 
Uh, huge game in the Big 12, the, the one I'm most looking forward to tonight. The Longhorns face the Red Raiders uh, from World Supermarkets Arena, 6 o'clock Pacific time on ESPNU. Texas playing well as of late. They went into TCU 1 uh, handily, held off Tennessee uh, at the Irwin Center on Saturday. Texas Tacamal, 13-0 at home, including a route of Mississippi State in the challenge on Saturday. Texas comes in ranked 23rd, Texas Tech 14th, identical records. Both five and three in the in the Big Twelve and sixteen and five overall. The Red Raiders laying four and a half with a total of one twenty three. I like guns up in this one. I like Texas Tech at home. You know, I didn't play this one because when I went to look at the number, it went from four to four and a half. Um, I, I do think the Red Raiders win this game. I think scoring is going to be difficult on both ends of the floor, but I think Texas is a little bit more competent on an offensive on the offensive end compared to Texas. The, the Longhorns just go in too many droughts. We saw it against Tennessee the other night. We saw it a couple of games back against Oklahoma State at home, I think, two weeks ago. Uh, they really struggled to score. So if you are Texas, you cannot go on a drought on the road here in this one. They've got to play better. By the way, you know, I was really excited in terms of watching Marcus Carr play when he got to Texas. Marcus Carr has been in witness protection for the Longhorns this year. Not the same player he was at Minnesota. This Texas team, to me, is just not quite as good as I expected or anticipated them to be. We'll find out how this one plays out, but I like the Red Raiders. I'll have a play later in the final segment on this game as well. For a team that's defensive-minded in Texas Tech, and they give up 60 a game, Texas gives up 54, I think they run beautiful half-court offense at times. Well, you know what? They, they're patient. They, they really look for what they need to get in terms of getting a good shot, and I love the way they defend. That'll be This should be a fired-up home crowd. This is a good team this year. All right, let's switch to the Big East, 330 um, Pacific time, the first of a Big East doubleheader on FS1 from the XL Center in Hartford. Creighton at UConn. Creighton comes in 4-4, four and 12-7 four, and seven, uh, overall. They've lost two straight, including at Butler, and then a 10-point home defeat to Xavier over the weekend. 17th-ranked UConn, 6-2, 15-4 overall. They've won five straight of them all, but against St. John's, Butler twice, Georgetown, and DePaul. UConn laying 10.5, up a point from the overnight, with a total of 134.5. Yeah, despite all your criticism of the Huskies, I really like this team. I think they're very good. <laughs> I just said who they played in I their five-game winning yeah, streak. Yeah, you were taking a shot at them. I think Danny Hurley's done a tremendous uh, job. RJ Cole's been terrific, the transfer in for this team. I, I don't know. I don't like the number. Um, I think I would have to look at Creighton here, plus 10.5. Remember, we saw them go into X, lose a tight game in that one, blow the game at home in Omaha against Xavier. If this game were at stores, I might look at it a little bit differently. I, I, I hate agree when with it's you. at the Excel I agree Center. with you here. I would lay. I would think about laying the number. I'm not laying it in Hartford. I I, I tend to agree. I, I think UConn wins the game, but if it were at stores, I would lay the number here. They're just a different team uh, at Gamble. Um, I think UConn wins. I think this might be the most underrated team in the top 25 in college basketball. Well, let, let's stay with the Big East here, Britain, and go to the second matchup on FS1 at 5:30. Providence at St. John's. I was going to make the argument. Providence, the most underrated team. They come in the Friars at at, uh, at with the. Uh, Eight and one record atop the Big East. Eighteen and two overall. They've won five straight, including eighty-three seventy-three home win over St. John's as a three and a half point favorite. The Johnnies three and five in league play. Eleven and eight overall. They've lost three of four, including seventy-three sixty-two at Villanova over the weekend. This game now is a game on campus, not at Madison Square Garden, but at Carnesecca Arena in Queens. St. John's. 
the favorite in this game, lane three with a total of 146. When are the Friars going to get any respect, them all? I would agree <laughs> with you there. I, I compl- You know, I think from an odds maker standpoint, they've got more respect for UConn than they do PC. But I think this Providence team has been outstanding. Nobody's talking about how well they have played. I thought they had a great come from behind victory against Marquette. They've got an opportunity. I was looking at them in this game and decided to stay away from PC. Couldn't take the Johnnies. Too inconsistent. Too many uh, turnovers uh, game by game. But I'll tell you what, Reeves and Watson have been outstanding for this team. I, I like the way they're playing. Would not be surprised at all if they go into Karnaseka Hall and win this game tonight. I'll have a play on this game as well. I'm sure oh, you know nice. what side I'm going to be on. <laughs> we were both on Providence last week, Amal. They, yeah. were, they were no doubt about a winner as a dog on the road. They just win. That's they all just, they do is just keep winning games. Tell you, I got the overnight against Marquette at one and a half. Game jumped to two and a half. I was so fortunate. <laughs> oh. AJ Durham, an 83% shooter, missed the first one. Would you have missed the second one up to with 0.7 seconds? Yes, remaining? absolutely. Really? I would have made it because you can't lose even if you I don't the care. Shot. You can, the, the rebound, the rebound takes all the time. That's fair. I just think there's a, it goes up about exponentially by 10, your chances of making a bucket inbounding the ball. Uh, off of a dead ball. All right, plenty more college basketball to get to, uh, including a couple of big matchups in the SEC. That's all when we come back. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. You know that VEASAN is the best place to get all of the betting insights for the big game, and right now you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm with Amal Shaw talking college basketball. And Amal, some news here. Uh, Kansas, Agbaji did not make the trip to Ames. Uh, could be COVID-related. He won't play tonight against Iowa State. That's the reason for the line movement. I want to fr- thank Brian Ehrlich, Jeff uh, Holdorf, and Bill Hooker, all who tweeted at us our messages us to get us that news. Yeah, Russell Smith as well. Thanks for that <laughs> update on that one. Uh, I'll tell you what, that's huge because you got the leading scorer, best three-point shooter in the Big 12, kind of changed the dynamic. I'm a little bit surprised this hasn't gone down even further, Mike, because I think KU, when you look at it, you look at a, a Brown being the guy who's going to be kind of next up, McCormick, uh, I just don't see the consistency from this team. Remy Martin's got to play big if they're going to have a chance here tonight. I, I think there's a great opportunity for Iowa State. And then this puts Baylor in an opportunity and Texas Tech or Texas, the winner of that game tonight, to make a chase for the Big 12 title. Yes. Okay, let's continue on here and let's stay in the Midwest with the Big Ten. Michigan State is at Maryland tonight at the Xfinity Center in College Park, 4 o'clock Pacific time on ESPN2. Sparty is ranked 13th in the country, 7-2. and two. Uh, 16 and four overall. They come off a huge win over their arch rival Michigan in the, in the Breslin Center on Saturday, 83-67, covering easily for all the backers. Maryland lost at Indiana over the weekend, 68-55. Tough year there. College Park, three and seven, just 11 and 10 overall. Michigan State a little bit of a short road favorite here, three and a half with a total of 137 a month. Yeah, and the money and the number coming down, money coming in on Maryland in this one. Fats Russell going to be a game time decision here with a hand inj- injury. You know, when he came over from Rhode Island, I thought it was a great acquisition for Maryland, but he hasn't played as well as I thought. Maybe the level up in competition has been more challenging. I'm not sure exactly, but uh, look at this matchup, Mike. Don't you think you have to look at Michigan State here, despite being on the road? It's too I, short. I, I can't back the Terrapins, even though. 
you know, at home they play a little bit better, but they're inconsistent scoring the basketball. They're just not a good team they, right they now. They beat Illinois. Illinois, everybody was out. out yeah, they had the, yeah, Cabello, the one uh, decent win at Rutgers is the only win I can circle in the last month. I would agree with you, you know? there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. I'd, lean, I'd be Michigan State or nothing. Okay, Texas A&M is struggling them all, and they're headed uh, to Knoxville to take on Tennessee tonight. This game will be at 4 p.m. Pacific on the SEC Network at Pat Summit Court at Thompson Bowling Arena. Um, bad loss at home, I thought, over the weekend for A&M. 74-63 to South, South Carolina. You can't lose that game. 4-4 four and four now in SEC play, 15-6 and six overall. Tennessee comes in ranked 22nd. Tough loss at the Irwin Center in Austin. Big comeback in the last five minutes there on Saturday. They had won three straight SEC games before the loss to Texas. They're five and three in league play and fourteen and six overall. Pretty big number here, Amal. Tennessee laying eleven with a total of one thirty one and a half. You know, initially I thought it was too big of a number. I would have looked at A and M, but you know, looking back on it, kind of just kind of gauging the betting on this one, and I said, wow, you lose a game at home against South Carolina. Now you're going to go against a team that's coming off of a loss that's going to be solid defensively on the road. I think it's going to be a tough task here. This just feels like one of those games where you look up. Tennessee may not blow them out, but at the end of the night, I know this is a wide margin yeah. I'm going to give you here, but it feels like a 7-15 to 15 point win for UT. I don't know which side of the number it comes out on, but I think a and is just going to be challenged offensively in this matchup. All I know is I feel fortunate that A&M covered plus 7 against Kentucky in that game, the way they've played since then. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. I caught them at the right time, yeah, right, right before the bottom fell out. Let's stay in the SEC Mall, 6 p.m. Pacific time on the SEC Network. From the Maravich Center in Baton Rouge. Old Miss against LSU. Good rivalry game here. Tigers still ranked. I think they just keep ranking this team. Four and four, 16 and five overall. They lost at TCU in the challenge on Saturday. They are 11 and one at home. The only loss to Arkansas. Old Miss comes in two and six in league play, 11 and 10 overall. They beat Kansas State pretty convincingly at home in the challenge on Saturday, 67 56. This number surprised me, Amal. The Bengal Tigers laying 14 with a total of 127 and a half. I'm actually not oh, that down su- to 12 and a half. I'm actually not that surprised. And the reason mm-hmm. is because Ole Miss struggles to score the basketball. We've seen that with Kermit Davis's team. Jarkel Joyner averages 13 points a game out with a back injury. Still, that's a big problem. Now you're going on the road against an elite defensive team who seems to play so much better at the Mer- uh, Maravich Assembly Center. Um, don't want to lay 12 and a half, but don't want to take it with Ole Miss either here in this game. Uh, I would be more apt just to take the point simply because it's such a large number for an Ole Miss team at times that can struggle offensively. But I I don't think uh, Ole Miss is going to be able to score a ton in this one. Okay, uh, let's go to the A-10, where you like to roam sometimes. <laughs> and one of the teams you've cashed some tickets on this Saint year, St. Bonaventure, is at home against league-leading Davidson. Now, I had Davidson in the one game they lost against VCU at home. They were down big in that game. They rallied, got beat 70-68. to They're 7-1. and in the league, seventeen and three overall, but did fall out of the top twenty-five. The Bonnies four and two, twelve and five. They beat St. Joe's over the weekend, eighty to sixty-nine. St. Bonaventure four on the overnight, down to three with a total of one thirty-six. Davidson can really shoot the basketball. We know that about this team, but this St. Bonaventure's team extremely experienced. That's what makes them so tough. But if they can shut down Lee and Lawyer, they've got a great chance. By the way, Lawyer, the Michigan State transfer, has been unbelievable from beyond the three-point arc at forty-six percent. Mike, when I look at this matchup, I really want to take St. Bonnie's here at home. This is my kind of play, short home favorite, but I just didn't do it. I, I think St. Bonaventure has not been quite as good as I anticipated, even though they had five starters back. The most experienced team returning in Division One this year. And they've had some challenges at times. They've got two losses in conference play. We've got a glut of six teams near the top of the A-10 with uh, Davidson sitting atop the league. You mentioned that VCU loss. Important game for the Bonnies if they're going to have a chance at the regular season title. 
The Bonnies beat VCU by 20 at home in a game that you laid a short price yeah. with them. And Davidson lost at home to, to Virginia Commonwealth. Do you draw the common opponent there and say, St. Bonaventure's a player, is that really not a big handicapping factor? No, great question, and I do not because I think VCU's athleticism provides a problem for Davidson. But in this matchup, mm. uh, St. Bonaventure is not quite as athletic as we see the Rams are. Uh, but the question is, can you slow down this team uh, in terms of how they play on the perimeter, on the outside? Because St. Bonnie's will get some good looks. If they can knock them down, I think they can win this one comfortably. This should be a good game, though, tonight. Welsh Ryan Arena at 4 o'clock Pacific time on the Big Ten Network. Rutgers at Northwestern. The ball. Rutgers is 6-4 and four in league play. Northwestern 2-8, and eight, including heartbreaking loss to Illinois over the weekend where they rallied in that game and had the lead in the second half, 59-56. In fact, uh, the Wildcats have lost four in a row. Rutgers won on Saturday in uh, Lincoln, 63-61. You take a look at Rutgers here, catching five on the road, total 133. I think Northwestern is the best under 500 team in college basketball. Three of their last four losses, Wisconsin at home by six, um, at Michigan by two, versus Illinois by three. I mean, they beat Michigan State at home. I, I think this team is better than they get credit for. I don't want to lay five with Northwestern. Uh, this would be a bit of a defensive game. I'm a little bit surprised this total as high as it is. I thought it would be under. By the way, I got burned last night. I took the under on the Iowa-Penn State game. You got burned by overtime. Yeah, of You'll win well, that game if it's not overtime. It was funny. I wrote down, <laughs> a friend of mine and I were texting, I said, final score is going to be 67-64. And if he makes the yeah. free throw and they, and they get a stop, yeah. it would have been right on that number. Oh, First uh, time in my life I would ever call the score. Aside from your bet losing, horrible loss from Iowa. How do you leave the guy on the three-point line up by three? That's the problem with McCaffrey's teams. If they don't make the tournament, circle this game. I would agree with you. And you can, listen, uh, Indiana lost in, at State College, but Ohio State, uh, other teams have gone in there. They, you've got to win yeah. these games against Penn State because the rest of the league is so tough. All right, this next game is a good test for my theory on North Carolina. They're at the KFC Yum Center <laughs> in Louisville tonight. Carolina 7-3. and three. They won three in a row. Louisville lost three in a row, including 74-65 at home to Duke on Saturday. I said, fade Carolina on the road, bet them at home. They're 12-0 at home, 3-3 three three on the road. Carolina laying 3.5 here at Louisville, the total of 144. Do you look at the Cardinals or the Tar Heels here? I lean, lean North Carolina, mm -hmm. not playing this game. I, I think we're going to see the impact now that Mac is out at mm -hmm. Louisville. I think we'll start to see this team kind of spiral. They played well against Duke. You're always going to give a great effort. But I also think that Louisville will play hard tonight. Remember last year, Mike, in this game, when these two teams met up the last time they played, North Carolina beat them 99-54 to by 45 points. You talk about getting embarrassed. If you're Louisville, this is the ideal revenge spot here. Um, but I just can't back this Cardinals team, Mike. Too inconsistent offensively. That's a big concern against a Carolina team that shoots better than 38% from beyond the arc. You know, North Carolina is one of these teams. They're going to wind up in the tournament. They're going to make it. They're going to get through the first game. They're going to dominate somebody. And people are like, oh, Carolina's playing well. And they're going to match up against a team that's just better than them, and they're going to get blown out. Yeah, possibly. Um, but they look good at home. They look so good at home. They win these games by 20, 30, 40 points. But then they go on the road, and they get beat by 20 or 30 points. I mean, there's no close games for them. Yeah, but, I mean, when you look at some of these games, okay, they get dusted by Wake Forest, who I think is a far better team than people give them credit for. But then they go up to Syracuse the other night, don't show up in the second half out of the locker room at the Carrier Dome. Um I think North Carolina has beaten teams they should beaten, and they've struggled against teams that they should be more competitive against. I think it's just all home road. That's the whole thing to me. They haven't learned to play on the road yet. Quickly, as we finish this segment, UNR, Nevada, Reno, at UNLV tonight, 7.30 on uh, FS1 from the Thomas and Mac. Nevada's lost three of four, including getting waxed in Logan. 
78-49. Huge win for UNLV at Colorado State on Friday night, 88-74. The running Rebels laying a point and a half with a total of 148 and a half. Will you be at the Thomas and Mac heckling Steve Alt? I, I really should be. This guy <laughs> flat out can't coach. I didn't even think about it. Now I might have to make an appearance over there. I, I tell you what. Uh, this team, the problem is the coaching. That's the bottom line when you look at this team. I think it goes over the total. Yeah, I, I can't play the game as well. All right, when we come back, Amal will have some plays for us tonight as well as the Palm Reader Playbook. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet River Sportsbooks takes football same-game parlays to a whole other level. Now you can combine same-game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combination. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21. Gambling problem, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. And Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Playable in New Jersey as play Sugarhouse Void where prohibited. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm with the Mall Shaw. Mall, you took the day off yesterday, although... I know you were sweating a tennis match in France that you won, but it started before the show, so you couldn't give it out to the listeners. But you do have some plays for tonight. Yeah, let's start out at uh, Maples Pavilion tonight uh, with Stanford at home, taking on Cal, their crosstown rival there. Uh, I'll tell you what, this uh, Cal team has really struggled on the road, 0-6. And, and Mike, when you look at this team, they played to the level of competition at times, or maybe that's USC playing down to the level of competition <laughs> But Kelly got banged up a little bit with an uh, ankle injury. They come in having lost seven in a row. Cal does. I like Stanford here. I, I like them to win this game, bounce back after the loss against the Bruins where they only scored 43 points. And speaking of playing well, UCLA's defense has been stymieing teams. Well, I know we'll get into that on Thursday. But I like Stanford here, minus four and a half. And then tonight uh, at Auburn, I love this Auburn team, the way they're playing, particularly at home. I would make the argument, and you can make a case for a few teams, at home, Auburn is the best team in college basketball when they're playing on their home floor. They are so tough to stop. I mean, Gonzaga, maybe you can make the argument when they're at the Kennel or some other teams, but I, I think they are so difficult to beat here. I think uh, Alabama struggles in this game from the perimeter. I like Auburn to win comfortably. I think the best two home court advantages this year, mm-hmm. and I say it in terms of taking the level of talent of the team up yes. to where they play better than what you would think against it, is Indiana and Auburn. Love your Indiana yeah. statement. Uh, they did have the one home loss. I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on who it was against, but no, they played They, they won like four games. I didn't think they are going to win at home. Uh, the Michigan game. They, they lost yeah. to Michigan. But uh, 
you know, the, this team has been terrific at home, as you mentioned, IU quietly. Mike Woodson's done a really nice job there with the Hoosiers. I think they have to be encouraged, the Absolutely. fan base so far. Okay, last night I went 3-1, and one, but here's the big lesson. No more NBA. I mean, it's a joke. You can't bet these games. You can't give them out at this time in the morning because you never know who's playing. You made a good point. You only bet NBA second halves. Yeah. Until the playoffs come. I can't I can't do it. I mean, I was on the uh, I I was on different sides of seven-point line moves last night because the, the top player for one team is not playing, whether it was for Embiid or the kid from from Atlanta. I mean, I got fortunate one, unfortunate. I don't need it. I don't I just don't need the stress in my life. I don't I don't watch the sport, so no more NBA apologies. To Jonathan Von Tobel. Tonight, Texas Tech. I'm going to take him on the money line here. I just, in a low-scoring game, I really, I didn't want to lay four and a half. I didn't, so I'm laying 185 here for two units. But I think they win this game tonight. Won't shock me if they win by 10, 12. But if they win by one, two, three, or four, I'll be mad at myself. So I want to go back to your point. I like your play on this one. I think there's a better chance that Guns Up wins by 10 or more then Texas wins in Lubbock. I agree with you. I, I love the way this team mm-hmm. is playing, and I think the offense is so challenged right now for Chris Beard's team. They could really struggle, and you cannot go in that type of scoring mm-hmm. rut against this team. Texas would have to shoot 15% better than what they've been in the last month to win this <laughs> game, and I really believe that in my opinion. Uh, Providence, I'm going to keep taking them until the uh, the odds makers adjust this line. I thought this game should have been a pick. I can't believe they're catching a whole three here. I'm not impressed with St. John's. You know Anderson's teams don't don't focus on the defensive end of the court. And Providence does all the little things you do, need to do to win the game. And then had the Canucks last night. Yaroslav Halak was terrific. They beat the Blackhawks 3-1 as a dog on the road. Back-to-back here, they go to Nashville. Um, Saros against Thatcher Demko. Um, Ronald Reagan's favorite goalie. I like this game under a lot. It's five and a half juicy under. I'm going to take the first period under because I don't want to mess with empty nets at the end of the game. Under one and a half first period, uh, minus 110 a mall. I want to talk about a couple of uh, more futures that Circa put up for conference uh, tournaments in college basketball. And I want to start out with the Big Ten. Um, interesting conference here. I think they have some depth. I think they, they go about six or seven deep here. But when we look at odds to win the tournament, um, at Circa, Illinois at plus 275, Purdue and Matt Painter plus 210, Michigan State plus $5, Wisconsin 10 to 1. The conference odds to win the regular season tournament at DraftKings, Wisconsin just 4 to 1, but 10 to 1 at Circa to win the tournament. Thoughts on the Big Ten? First of all, after the tournament is played on Sunday, I still won't even be able to tell you who wins it. I mean, because I think it's that wide open. I really do. I think the first six teams listed here, Illinois, Purdue, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Indiana, I believe all six of them, Indiana a little bit lower on the tier level maybe than compared to those other five teams. Mike, I think those top five teams definitely have a chance, and if Trace Jackson Davis stays out of foul trouble and Race Thompson does a great job on the glass, I think Indiana could win the Big Ten tournament. I think all of these teams are alive to win this tournament, but I really like Wisconsin, Ohio State at their numbers at 10-1 to 1 and 11.5-1. And 11 to 1. E.J. Liddell has been outstanding, probably the best player in the Big Ten outside of Johnny Davis. Uh, I know Keegan Murray's been terrific, but he's kind of slumped off a little bit. Are you buying Purdue as the favorite here? No, I don't buy Purdue in any tournaments. <laughs> I don't buy Matt Painter. I mean, they're probably the best team, but they just haven't got it done in the postseason. I'll tell you one thing. Historically to me, and maybe it's anecdotal in my memory, but the Big Ten tournament is always so wide open. Forget, about, forget about the seeds. Yes, I agree. It's a, that Chicago it, where they play it, or even in Indianapolis, it's very—it's one of the most neutral sites you can play a tournament in, and it always seems like a four, five, six, eight seed, whatever. 
comes and makes a run in the Big Ten tournament and at least makes the final. So the Big Ten tournament is not something that I can take a shot at, especially with odds less than uh, less than four to one on any of these teams. Remember, this tournament's going to be in Indianapolis. Yeah. I think that always bodes well for the Hoosiers in their home state. They get a ton of support there, and Purdue as well. I actually like when the tournament's in Chicago because you have so many alums for all these schools in Chicagoland. Yeah. It's kind of like when you have the tournament in MSG for the Big East tournament. My favorite venue for a conference tournament, though, has always been Kemper Arena. I, oh, now the they don't Kemper play at Kemper the anymore. Eight. The, old the big Kemper eight. and the Big Eight was just because everybody traveled. Like, every school had, had great crowd support in that game. They all came to Kansas City for that. I, I still think the Big East Tournament of the 90s. In the Madison Square Garden? Was better than yeah. some of the NCAA tournaments because you had such good teams competitive. UConn, Syracuse, Georgetown. I mean, Villanova, just competitive, great teams. ACC was always interesting the way they rotated it. Remember yeah. through the 80s? They played at the Omni a few times. They'd go to the Cap Center and give Virginia Greensboro. a little bit. But then it'd be Greensboro. And then yeah. when, when, they, when they're played in North Carolina, Duke or North Carolina almost always wins that Absolutely. tournament. Absolutely. Okay, and then the Big East is the other one we didn't cover yesterday. To win the regular season, DraftKings still has Villanova favored over Providence, minus 150 um, for Villanova, plus 240 for Providence. Your team, UConn, plus $8. In the tournament, Villanova at circa the odds to win the conference tournament, plus 140. How about Providence at 8-1 to one to win the conference tournament? UConn, you were right, UConn plus 425. Xavier plus $5 and Marquette plus $7. All favor to have it a Providence, who's 8-1 and in league play. They're actually the fifth choice at Circa to win the conference tournament. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Let, let, I want to start with UConn here for a minute at $8 to win this league. I think they've got a shot. PC, obviously, with just the one loss so far. They've been impressive at the Dunkin' Donuts Center, undefeated. But, Mike, uh, UConn plays Villanova twice, and I think they got a great shot. The problem is going to be the schedule down the stretch. They've got to make up several games. They've got a glut of games kind of combined together. If they can overcome the fatigue factor, I think they've got a chance. Villanova still has to go to PC on the 15th of this month. It should be outstanding in terms of how this league finishes. Um, I am not buying Villanova at minus 150. I would either go Providence at plus 240 or UConn at 8-1. to one. Okay, let's switch our attention to the NHL couple of games tonight. I want to start out with this game in New Jersey. This is a home-and-home. Home. Remember they played in Toronto last night. Mm -hmm. Maple Leafs found themselves down 4-2. to two. With Jack Campbell and Nett heading into the third and end up beating the Devils and covering the puck line. Yeah. Six to four. I believe they were like 330 last night. On the road now, another huge price of all. Minus 245. Uh, get back 205. In net tonight, you'll have, I think, Peter in the Wolf Mrazic. Yes. yes. Uh, against who's going to be in goal for the Devils? Is John it Gillies. Jay Giles here, yes. the centerfold <laughs> coming out in New Jersey tonight. Gillies, do you like the Maple Leafs on the sweep on the back-to-back -back here? And would you play the puck line again, which is plus 105? Well, first of all, you got to consider yourself lucky if you got this puck line because they <laughs> score a shorty, yeah. and then they get an empty net or so in, in the final four minutes there. But uh, I, I don't want to lay this number on the road here. New Jersey's far better at home than they've been on the road. You pointed that out yesterday. This team has struggled away from home. But, um, you know, Toronto plays well everywhere, 12-6-2 on the road. Good opportunity for them to get a couple of more points here tonight against New Jersey. To me, the showcase game of the night is at Madison Square Garden. Florida Panthers, who put up a four spot against Merzlikens in Columbus last night in the first period. That game was 4-2 at the end of one. They go and they play the Rangers here. I think if you get Shesterkin in goal against Knight, you can take a shot here on the Rangers. Amal, thoughts on this game? I, I like the Rangers here. I think Shesterkin in net tonight, going up against Knight, I give them the advantage there. Look, I know it's going to sound dumb based on the way Florida's playing. Mike, I don't believe in this Florida team as much as maybe some other people do. And we get to the uh, postseason. I think New Jer uh, 
The Rangers, Tampa Bay are a greater threat than the Panthers in the postseason. You can get plus 135 on the Rangers at home tonight. I'd also look at this total. Knights play decent in goal. It's a back-to-back for the Panthers. Maybe they don't have a much as much jump in their leg as they did last night in Columbus. A six and a half is a big total for this game. It is, but can you keep Florida away from getting three goals? And can you keep the Rangers from not getting three goals tonight? Yeah. The other game I would take a look at here is uh, fading the Bruins tonight with Allmark. Maybe even taking a shot with the Kraken here. Thanks for tuning in today. Stay tuned to VEASAN. Up next, it's Betting Across America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.